straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. Like I always say to my guys every day, it's a great day to be alive, men. It's a great day to be a Longhorn. On Second Thought, episode 293, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. Cedric Golden here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles, and Duck. That was the voice of Rodney Terry, the brand-new basketball coach at the University of Texas. The Horns finished 29-9 and nine and uh, fell short of the Final Four, but a banner year at Texas, the best they've had in 15 seasons, and they got a new coach. What do you think? That's the guy we, that's the guy we thought should get the job, I thought. Yeah, and, and we endorsed him. We uh, touted him for the job. We said in the last couple of weeks, you know, he's deserved the job, and, and he went out and earned it. And I'm sure Rodney's glad – that his name is no longer interim head coach Rodney Terry. It's head coach Rodney Terry. So that's got to sound good to Rodney Terry, 55-year-old guy whose birthday was this week. And uh, good for him. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a cutthroat business, this sports world. We all know that, especially in basketball and football. It's a big business. And, and it's only going to get bigger with NIL and Transfer Portal getting in full swing. Uh, but you, you really, you really like it when a nice guy, really authentic, humble guy, you know, gets rewarded. And Rodney Terry's all of that. He is, he is, and his his mom and his his uh, his beautiful mother, just a lovely woman. Really enjoyed speaking with her and his sister Alexis, and his girlfriend was there, and and his sons. <laughs> of the tech on the Texas basketball team, give him a standing ovation when he came in. And, and, you know, it's really heartwarming duck. It was a feel good season at Texas. And uh, the way it started, it could have gone into the crapper really quick with Chris Beard's uh, suspension. And then is ultimately his firing, but they played well for most of the season. They only lost two in a row once. And, um, you know, uh, and the guy that helped keep it on the tracks was Rodney Terry. He deserves that credit. Senior, uh, veteran team, but a coach who kept it going and didn't do too much of his own stuff, respected Chris Beard's uh, impact on this program, and succeeded. Yeah, that's one of the, the best things about Rodney Terry. He's really devoid of ego. And that doesn't mean he's not driven to succeed because he is. He's a very competitive dude, and his players will vouch for that. But he he kept the train on the track, and and yes, it was a, a very good team. And and you know, for people that say, "Well, it's Chris Beard's team," well, what he helped put that together. He had his uh, fingerprints on probably every player on that team, I guess, except Brock Cunningham, who's been here twenty years. Uh, but so Rodney deserves credit for that as well, assembling the team. And, you know, the two big recruits, the McDonald's All-American, Ron Holland, and and the four-star guard, A.J. Johnson, uh, remained 
secure in Texas camp. So, I mean, short of just getting to the Final Four and winning it all, I don't know what else anyone would expect of of Rodney Terry. I thought he checked a lot of boxes, and uh, it was a very good team. Uh, I was, you know, you were there in uh, Kansas City. Uh, I was at the golf tournament watching on, and, you know, they were up, what was it, 13 points with how many minutes left, 10 minutes? About 12 minutes to go. I thought this thing's in the bag. I thought because they don't panic, they they finish games, you know, and uh, I was stunned that they didn't uh, complete the job. They were better than Miami for 30 minutes and just a stunner, just a real gut shot that they didn't weren't able to close that thing out. They start throwing the Mm -hmm. ball away and missing shots and, Miami made everything, especially yeah. the free throws. 25 of 27 free throws in the second half. Texas makes only five of its last 18 shots. That's not a recipe for a Final Four, Duck. And they came up short. And, man, those guys, great guys, Brock Cunningham, Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, Jabari Rice, Dylan Sue, uh, Tyrese Hunter. Uh, those are some really cool cats. Really like them, media friendly types, but they're they're going to be talking about the one that got away for the rest of their lives. Duck, I know I, I lost in the state championship game, fifty million times less important than what we witnessed uh, this past week. But uh, I still have teammates that we talk about. Man, they just beat us by six. We couldn't. We were tied in the fourth quarter, couldn't beat them. But Texas is even worse. They were up by 13, a veteran team that just didn't close. They had some uncharacteristic turnovers. You know, Timmy Allen, you know, had some uh, miscues down the stretch. Marcus Carr, you know, had that collision. And I don't know if he was the same. Didn't he make just one field goal after that collision? It wasn't quite the same. One for three down the stretch. Right. The last eight or nine minutes after the collision, Duck, and he and he had a yeah. turnover and wasn't the same. He wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm I was like, man, I miss Marcus Carr taking taking uh contested forced jump shots at money time and making them. He wasn't even shooting the ball. Yeah. And you know, we've always said with him, Jabari Rice and Tyrese Hunter, two of the three need to be on you know, for Texas to keep winning. And uh, that didn't happen down the stretch there. So, and and there's so many transfers and, you know, we start to look uh, ahead to next year and who's coming back and who isn't coming back. A lot of transfers, you know, six seniors, either transfer seniors, grad seniors, super seniors because of COVID or whatever. So, but, you know, they've got a good nucleus coming back, you know, I mean, assuming, Everybody comes back. I asked uh, uh, Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell at the press conference Tuesday. I said, y'all coming back? And from both of them, they go, you know, so who knows? In in this world of NIL and transfer portal, it's hard to know. You have to, you know, re-recruit your own guys. You have to manage that roster. You have to be on the lookout for uh, transfer portal guys. And this is a team – you know, you lose Timmy, you lose Christian Bishop, you may lose Dylan DeSue, you may lose Dylan Mitchell. They got to have some bigs. And so I think they got to have at least one or two bigs out of the transfer portal, don't you? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's a guards game, but but at the end of the day, you're gonna need some big bodies mm-hmm. to bang around in inside. Uh Christian Bishop um played pretty well in the postseason. Yeah. Um didn't play as much down the stretch as I thought he might. Uh Dylan Mitchell flashed, but he was a disappointment this season. Uh, yeah, he was. He didn't live up to his potential. And yeah, he was just a freshman. So and he was starting, and they liked having Christian Bishop, you know, come off the bench. But Dylan DeSue, if he comes back, you know, he could be a preseason first or second team All American, in my opinion, uh, because he looked that impressive. And if he continues to expand his game, you know, get better as a, maybe a, a stretch four on the perimeter, make some threes, which he, we know he's capable of. Yes, sir. You know, That'd be a huge weapon. But again, we don't know if he's coming back. And uh, so it's just like when Chris Beard got here, he got Brock Cunningham and, and a blank slate. So, you know, but Rodney's kind of shown himself and Texas has had been on the map, you know, uh, this year before Chris Beard came. So they got a lot of exposure out of that. And like Rodney Terry said, that he pointed to his Longhorn logo and said, that's a powerful brand. I love that quote. I love that quote. Now, you also loved when he said, we're the show. Yeah. We're the yeah. Show. Everybody can't coach at Texas. Yeah. Everybody can't play at Texas. I love that arrogance. It ain't bragging if you can back it up. He knows that the expectations are through the freaking roof, Duck, to make this an every-year occurrence. This shouldn't be a special year uh, when you get to the Elite Eight. It's got to be what's expected. Yeah. And, and I and I think said with the NAL money that Texas has, you know, through their collectives and the draw of the Moody Center, you know, what a great uh, home court advantage and what a great arena that and they the have. And the city. Exactly. They just got so many resources to sell. So it'd be hard to imagine him not getting several transfer portal guys. It just, you know, it's so funny. You look at K-State and they got Keontae Johnson – out of Florida, but they lose Nigel Pack, who goes to Miami. You think if Pack had stayed, you know, how good would that K-State team have been? Really good. That is a really good point. Now, to that end, it all falls on the head coach. And sure. that. You ask him a really interesting question, Duck, and I want to share it with our listeners, and then I came right back with another question that wasn't nearly as interesting as yours, but I'm playing them back-to-back. Uh, Rodney, congratulations. Thanks, Kurt. Did you feel like you needed to earn the job, and when were you confident that you had done enough to get the job? Well, I think from the very beginning, you know, my first conversation with, with CDC prior to meeting with the team, and, and then once we made that decision that afternoon that I was going to be coaching the team, uh, and, uh, you know, he gave me that whistle and, you know, uh, and said, hey, go earn this. Go earn it and go do the job that I know you're capable of doing. And, uh you know, I met with our team and just said, hey, guys, you know what? We've got the whole season in front of us. None of our goals have changed. We've got a tough rice team tonight we have to deal with. But we're going to control what we can control, and we're going to live where our feet are, and uh, we're going to live in the present. And uh, we're going we're gonna to try to take bit, ter- care of business tonight, and, uh, and we'll move forward from this. But, uh, yeah, that was the message, you know. And, uh, again, having this support uh, meant a great deal heading into that ball game that night. And would you feel confident? I feel confident the whole time, to be honest with you, Kirk. I mean, I, I, I prepared my whole life for this opportunity. You know, I'm seven years, you know, 27 years Division One 
uh, basketball coaching. 32 years of coaching, five years at the high school level. I'm a proud high school basketball coach in the state of Texas. <laughs> We've got great basketball coaches, by the way, in the state of Texas. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to those guys as well. But, uh, but no, you know, you, you're prepared. You know, I, I often tell our team and our players, you know, you know so many guys want opportunities uh, in life. You have to be prepared for opportunities. I was prepared for this opportunity. And, uh, um, you know, my time at, uh, at Fresno, my time at UTEP have prepared me for uh, this opportunity. Haven't had a chance to be here uh, during some of the best seasons uh, of Texas basketball. Uh, no one knows this place better than me in terms of, you know, the landscape, you know, how to be successful here at an elite level. And, uh, you know, I tried to convey that to our guys and what that took. I tried to bring back former players to the, convey that to our guys and, and embrace uh, playing at the University of Texas. We're going to get everybody's best game, right, guys? Every night, right? We may watch some games and, you know, we're preparing for teams and there's empty arenas a little bit. But we go to, we go to that arena, what, what's it going to be, guys? Sold out. They're coming to see Texas, right? They're coming to see us. We're the show, right? But we didn't embrace that. That's not arrogant. Okay, everybody can't coach at Texas. Everybody can't play at Texas. And, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, I've been here uh, at the highest of highs. So uh, I was very confident throughout the whole process, Kurt. Congrats, RT. Um, I know your guys gave you a standing ovation when you came in, and they've endorsed you since the jump. And... Um, how important is it to have DJ Augustine, TJ Ford, guys like that in your corner as well? No, great question, Cedric. Um, you know what? And I, I said this to our guys and I said this to our team uh, a couple nights ago. Um, we're not just going to coach these guys for, you know, the two years or the four years that we have these guys. We're going to have lifelong relationships. You sign up with, a, uh, with Coach Terry, you're going to sign up for a life relationship. You know, I'm going to be there. When the, when the guys become fathers, um, you know, they have their weddings. I'm going to be there the whole time. And I think uh, it's a testament to, ha to continue to have relationships with guys. You know, DJ Augustine right now is playing with the, with the Rockets right now, and he's telling me right now, Coach, I'm living my best life still right now. I'm not even playing. I'm just mentoring young players right now, and, and I'm having a blast. Uh, but, but, again, you know, over the years, you know, and in, in, in staying in contact with guys, and, and really invested in, in, in their lives. You know, Doge Bell Bay was a great player for us, played here, he was tough as nails, one of the toughest players I ever coached. You know, came in from Turkey, uh, defensive player of the year from the, as a point guard. I had to speak to our team this summer as well. Uh, had a wedding, came back all the way from over in Turkey. You know, playing professionally over there the whole time after he left the University of Texas. But we came, I came into that wedding um, that summer and a lot of the former players were there. Boy, did we have a great reunion, but again, you know, it's about lifelong relationships, and that's what you sign up for uh, when you sign up with the University of Texas and with Coach Terry. Um, and uh, uh, these guys here, man, I love these guys more than they know. You know, they uh, they taught, you know, just like CDC said earlier, they taught us so much, so many valuable lessons this year in terms of facing adversity head on and not letting it derail what they wanted to accomplish this year. And uh, through the leadership of our of our older players, helping our younger players. They did a fantastic job. A duck, it was the longest job audition in basketball history. That's <laughs> what it was. And I know CD said, C said that he was the guy. I knew he was the guy on December 13th. I don't know about all <laughs> I don't know about all that, Doug. We know things about we know things about coaching searches and 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 you know 
uh, overtures that were made, you know, that were not made to, to Rodney Terry at first. So uh, it's a nice thing to say at a press conference, but we both we both know what we know. Yeah, and Rodney didn't even know he had the job uh, until the last week at most. I think he felt pretty good going into the the Sweet 16. But but Del Conte was still looking at other coaches. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't blame him for that. Uh, once uh, Rodney did get the job, uh, you know, the AD supposed to get, you know, the best uh, coach he can hire. And there's nothing wrong with him, him looking. But, uh, I, you know, we're just glad he finally realized, hey, the best coach for this job is sitting right in front of you. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, Rodney was a little worried about a week ago. But, uh, like I said, he never made it about him. And uh, that was one of the most impressive things because, you know, there was never, he was never, you know, pumping his chest and he was always putting the players out front and front and center. And uh, I think that was a big reason he got the job because he's a good guy. He's a good X and O coach. He's a good recruiter and he knows Texas. He was here for a decade under Rick Barnes and, and now two years under Chris Beard and, more than half a year on his own. So he he knows uh knows the layout here and uh he knows what it takes to win in the NCAA tournament. And he loves this city, Duck. He does. He bought a he house here. Didn't even have a job here and he bought a house because he knew he wanted to retire here at some day. So uh, you know, that's a guy that's very comfortable in this job and he's gonna be a hell of a representative of this university, I think. What do you think the upside is, Doug? Do you see Rodney Terry leading the Longhorns to a Final Four? I could. I really could. I, I think, you know, as we said earlier, he he helped recruit Rick Barnes, some of the big names. Now, he, you know, Russell Spring, Springman was kind of the the key guy, the focal point for, for guys like Kevin Durant and uh, DJ Augustine. But the Canadian group that came in here, Corey Joseph, Tristan Thompson, you know, Rodney Terry was at the forefront of that. And he was at the forefront of these transfers like Marcus Carr and Jabari Rice and Timmy Allen, Christian Bishop and Tyrese Hunter. So he he knows how to recruit and uh, he's he's got the personality that gets along with these players. He's Mr. Positive. He is Mr. Sunshine. Like he said, he opened it. What do we say? It's a great day to be alive and a great day to be a Longhorn, he said. So, uh yeah, I think he can recruit, and there are no guarantees. But, you know, if you'd have brought in the late John Wooden, there's no guarantees anymore. So uh, it's it's a hard job, and I think you and I both agree it's it's gotten harder because you got you may have to remake your team every single year. And you can't just build a team uh, and think, okay, well, we got a great team this year. we got, you know, three or four talented freshmen – coming in next year and we'll just kind of build this team and develop it. You can't do that. You can't count on that anymore. And uh, Rodney Terry is savvy enough to know that. You know, and it's going to be interesting in a couple of seasons when they're playing Ole Miss and Chris Beard is the coach (laughs) at Ole Miss and TJ Ford did not shrink away from giving Chris Beard his props Mm -hmm. or for putting this team together for whatever he's done from the University of Texas and putting the staff together. So, um, you know, there were no winners in the Chris Beard saga, um, but he did land on his feet. And in a couple of years, the Longhorns and and, and Ole Miss will be getting busy. Uh, we get them next year? 
Can we get him in the Moody Center next year? Texas and Ole Miss. Uh, I I would I would rather watch that than the Spurs <laughs> than, the, than the latest carnate incarnation of the Spurs because you know the Spurs aren't that great, but it'll be fine to watch some NBA ball. But I'd much rather watch uh, Chris Beard's yeah. triumphant return. Can you imagine what the fan reaction is going to be to Beard? Texas fans are largely are not booing types, and I don't know no. that they boo Beard. Well, that wouldn't be like the reaction he got in Lubbock uh, when he went back and played Texas Tech. But Ooh, that was Chris bad. Beard will be putting off a trip to Austin as long as he can, I think. And uh, I, I had heard from one source that he was trying to see if he could pick a, an assistant or two off of Rodney Terry's staff. But I think Rodney Terry wants to keep him intact. I know Bob Donawald told me yesterday that uh, he's hoping he stays. So nice. I, th- I think there's a chance all of them might stay. I think there's – comfortability here and uh, they like living in Austin and they kind of want to finish what they started. So hopefully the staff comes back intact because it was a hell of a staff. Real quick, the UT women didn't get out of Austin, got got run out of their own gym by Louisville and, and, there you go. and Haley Van Lith, uh, just a just a blowout and a beatdown that had Vic Schaefer apologizing numerous times to the fan base. Um, star-crossed year for the for the ladies. Um, what do you? What is your takeaway or two about how it went down with the Horns and all the injuries that they had to try and overcome to make a big uh, playoff push? Well, I give Vic Schaefer a lot of credit. He may have done his best coaching job in, in three years here at Texas, considering all the injuries. And Leah Moore was gone the whole year. You know, he barely got anything out of her. Roy Harmon missed the first five games when they were playing people like UConn and was was very missed. Kendall Hunter, for whatever reason, never showed up other than one game <laughs> a year ago. So, I don't know if we'll ever really know the answer to that. And, and Tater Jones was a very good uh, front court addition. She had a good year, but she missed time with a bad shoulder. So I kind of had them pegged as a Sweet 16 team. I thought they would at least get there, but they 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 weren't a great shooting team. Nope. And, and I think that was that kind of caught up with them. Uh, and then Rory, uh, she's such a dynamic player, but I don't think she was nearly as good a shooter as she was last year. Not even close, Doc. She she shot thirty two percent from three her freshman year. Right. That down to sixteen percent. Mm-hmm. I believe she was eight out of forty nine this year from three. And I don't know that you watched that game because uh, you were watching the cover the horns, the men. Uh, that last game, they were backing off of her and daring her to shoot threes, and she didn't look. Yeah. Didn't even look. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm sure he'll get some transfer portal people in, too. But, uh, uh, you know, women's basketball is exciting this year. I mean, South Carolina's probably going to win it all again. But what Caitlin Clark's doing at Iowa and what Kim Mulkey's doing at LSU already, it, it's going to be a very intriguing Final Four up in Dallas. So uh, It really uh, is. And I wrote that in um, today's paper, Doug. I, I'm more excited about the women than I am about the men. And UConn-Miami is no joke. No, that's going to be a good semifinal. Taylor Clark against uh, Zaya Cook at South Carolina and then Mulkey mm-hmm. back in there leading LSU back to the Final Four for the first time since 08 right. with their pink feather boa 
blow <laughs> up on her shoulders. Uh, the leather is flowing with Mulkey. Never boring. Never boring. Um, it's going to be sad when the season comes to an end. And I know it is over for us locally, but uh, we're going to enjoy this. Uh, I'll be at the Texas Relays on Saturday. You will be at the Final Four men's in Houston. Um, it's got, it's got, it's gonna, it's always sad. And that long wait between the end of hoops and the beginning of football. Right. Is but we, still, we still have the baseball. We still have baseball. And uh, do we really? David Pierce's team got it going now. Oh, college. Thank God. I thought you were talking about MLB. Oh, oh. wait a minute a second. I want your World Series pick. I think, I know you study it, you know, feverishly. So it, it starts today uh, as we do this <laughs> podcast. So I'm picking. I think I'm. I'm picking. I think Toronto over San Diego. I think uh, both have dynamic offenses. Uh, Toronto's probably got a little bit more pitching than San Diego. So who do you like? You picking the Astros again? Nope. No, who you got? Dodgers. Yep. Yep. Dodgers over Yankees. I do. I'll take that. Anthony Volpe, rookie shortstop, 21 years yep. old. Yeah, I watched that Civil War MLB, that uh, ESPN Civil War. That was wonderful, Doug. The Reggie yeah. Jackson Yankees, Billy Martin, uh, Dodgers with Lasorda, Dusty Baker, Steve Garvey. I don't know. Did you see it, Doug? It was really good. did not. I did not see it yet. So. Oh, yeah, you have the app. Go watch it, sir. Go watch yeah. it. But baseball, just another tip of the hat to David Pierce, and they play Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And uh, Oklahoma State just swept uh, Baylor three games, scored 39 runs in three games after losing two to three in Lubbock to Texas Tech, a team Texas just swept. So uh, is that 15 in a row as of this table? Yeah, they've got their footing now, beat the Aggies on the road. Uh, you know, they're like – Aggies are very good this year. They're two and five in, on road games and neutral site games. So this would be a good test in Stillwater. They could get some separation if they could go up there and win that series. Kudos to him. I'm I worry about Sunday afternoon starter. Um, yeah. Those are going to be some wild games. And, you know, we usually go in and one of us goes in and covers a Sunday afternoon game. And and um, hopefully we always hope that it's a nice three to two where we can get it written and not, not a four-hour game. But – they're going to be they're going to be playing some high scoring games on Sunday, I suspect. I think you're right. I think you're right. So, well, busy spring. A lot of it's kind of coming to an end this week. Spring so. football. Spring football is in full tilt. The first scrimmage is this weekend. Um, we talked to Sark this morning, and um, on a Zoom, he didn't have a whole lot for us, but it's spring football, so it's not like. It's, it's not like there's a huge, huge story every day. So we'll know more after they have their, their Saturday scrimmage, and then yes, the will. game just over two weeks away. So uh, I did see Arch Manning out at the Dell Golf Tournament. So did and you I heard stand by him, Duck? I haven't, I haven't met him yet. Yeah, I said hello, shook hands with him. He said he plays a little bit of golf. He was following Scotty Scheffler, so uh, he was able to get inside the rope, so he wouldn't stop every three feet by autograph hounds. So I saw uh, you on TV following Scotty. And Bijan was there. Bijan was there Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, he told me he was a big golf watcher on television. Not so much the golfer himself, but uh, and he told me Cowboys and Eagles still have a chance. He thinks there's a chance. Didn't I tell you the Eagles are going to take him, Duck? 
Didn't that tell? There's a chance he said between eight and fifteen. Do you think he could go that high? Yes, I think the Eagles want him. Yeah. I think they want him. And Rashad Penny has not proven himself to be a healthy, a consistently healthy back, even though he's a talented cat. And I believe they brought back Boston Scott. I, I need to look and see. Yeah, but Miles Sanders uh, is gone. So but Miles Sanders is gone. I want to say side with the Panthers. And so, I, yeah. So I think um, I think it's set up for the Eagles to to grab Bijan, and uh, that's a winning situation for him. Bijan and Jalen Hurts in the same backfield. Scary. Very scary. So we have fun at Texas Relays. I know you're going to profile Julian. Alfred, this uh, weekend, and I'll wave at you from Houston, uh, side of the Final Four, okay? That sounds like a winner. All over Rodney Terry's hire. All over UT baseball. All over MLB. (laughs) And all over whatever else that's going on. Spring football. Uh, Spring football game, is is it tax day, Duck? Is it the 15th? Does that sound right? I believe it's the 15th. We are going to be chronicling from now till then, and that will do it for episode 293 of On Second Thought. Busy week, sports fans. We're loving it, and we hope you are too. We'll see you next time. For The Duck, I'm Seth Golden. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.